Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, good morning and welcome to part four of a series that we've entitled Ideal Family. And what we're doing in this series is we're trying to close the gap between this ideal family that we've all dreamed about. Come on, that ideal spouse, those ideal kids that nobody ever has. That dream, and then we're closing the gap on the real family that we all live with every day. And we've been talking about a lot. We've talked about how we've had blind spots and that we need feedback in our lives because we don't know what we don't know. And so it's good for people to be able to help us see outside of ourselves and our spouses to be able to see what we don't see. And we've talked about marriage. We talked about what was God's purpose in marriage. Marriage. How many of you know and think if you're going to get married, you should know what God thinks about it and how he created it? And we said if God created it, right, if God designed it, we need to let him define it. And I talk to people all the time who are thinking about getting married, and I ask them if they know what it really means, and, and they don't know. But see, if we do marriage God's way because he created it, I truly believe when we do it God's way, we can have a 100% success rate when we do things God's way. And despite statistics today, you know, statistics are that one out of every two marriages are not working out. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, that, that's even in, our, in the church today, the church. But I just believe that if we follow God's way, we can have a 100% success rate. And so we've been looking at Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. This has been our theme scripture. The book of Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 says this. It says, through wisdom, everybody say wisdom, Come Come on. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it's established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And what we've been saying about wisdom is wisdom is the skill to apply knowledge. Knowledge is the facts, or we could say it this way, knowledge is the truth. We need to know the truth, but understanding means getting meaning. We've been kind of using this little illustration of this school, right? Everybody knows we, 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 we need and we know the truth that people and kids need to be educated, and we understand and have understanding why. But what wisdom does is wisdom hires an architect to come in and bring the plans and apply the knowledge so we can build this facility. And in this series, this is what we've been doing. We've been looking at God's wisdom for marriage, God's wisdom. And we've also, in this series, we've talked about last week, great husbands, and we spent some time just talking and ministering to the men. And today, we're gonna talk about being a better wife, being a better wife. And uh, when it comes to marriage, you know, the Bible talks about how the two shall become one. That was always God's plan was for the two to become one. Because how many of you would agree today that men and women are different? Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. I know when I'm preaching good because everybody's quiet. Men and women are different. But you know what? God created us that way. Because you need your spouse. And God wants the two, the two to become one. 
That's what he wants, even though you're different. And so here's the reality, even when it comes to marriage, we shouldn't allow our differences, right, between a man and a woman to divide us. We should allow our diversity to make us stronger. And so us as men, we need you, ladies. Come on, ladies, where are you at today? Let me try that again, all right, because we are recording, just to let you know. Ladies, we need you. Yeah, come on, Pastor Phil, preach it. We'll try it again, all right? I know some of you, you need a little time this morning. Ladies, we need you. There you are. Usually you're a lot more louder than the men. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. but uh, And we need to celebrate each other's differences. And we need to, as men, meet your needs. And you, as ladies, need to meet our needs. Listen, if I could meet my own needs, I wouldn't need my wife. But God created us. Thank you. All right. Wrong time, but that, that's good. We're, we're getting there. We'll, we'll get there to get this machine moving. And, um, but if I could meet my own needs, I wouldn't need my wife. And she wouldn't need me. And so we are here in marriage to, to meet each other's needs and to serve each other. And God set up Adam and Eve when he created them to succeed in the garden. And I think we need to hear that. He, this is the first marriage, Adam being the first man, right? First husband and Eve being the first wife. And God totally set them up to succeed. How? By putting them together, by putting them together. And so what we're going to do today as we talk about better wives, we're going to go into the garden and we're going to look and analyze some things that happened and look at the fall of man. Because I, I see some principles here that happened in the garden that are still happening in people's lives today and in relationships today. And I think if we can kind of expose what the enemy tries to do, that it'll help us have that 100% success rate that God has for us. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1, and I want to talk today about four ways you can be a better wife. Now, notice last week it was seven ways you can be a better husband, but I knew I had to keep it short for the ladies because, you know, you come on, you're a lot smarter and better than we are, right? I almost was going to do 20 ways to be a better wife, but I was like, no, 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 they'll, they'll be mad at me because the guy's only got seven, so we're going to do four. Let's look back in the garden and let's, let's analyze the fall of mankind and let's see if we can learn something from this. Because as soon as God puts Adam and Eve together, guess who shows up? The enemy. Because he hates unity. He loves to divide. And watch what he does and let's watch how he does it. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, now who's talking here? The serpent is talking. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you should not eat of every tree of the garden? So here's number one. Ladies, to be a better wife, you have to guard your ears. Now, we said with the guys and husbands, to be a better husband, we need to have vision and guard our eyes. God didn't make a mistake with men when he made us visual creatures because he wants us to have a vision for our marriage. He wants us to have a vision for our family. But it's important to know with men, what we see determines how we feel. 
We see, you can even see this when guys talk to each other. We're like, hey, did you see that? Did you see the news? Hey, you know what? Did, did you see that movie? But with ladies and women, it's really different. For women, as a matter of fact, what you hear determines what you feel. That's why we're talking about, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen that movies? That movie, and you know what? You ladies are like, hey, did you hear what so-and-so said? Hey, did you hear, like, did you hear what, what she says? Did you see, oh, you didn't hear this? Did you, did you hear that? Now, us guys, we're not prone to really gossip. We, we're, we're just not that. We like to laugh, have a good time. But ladies, oh my goodness, when your ears are up and you got all this stuff going on and you're hearing, it, that's totally different. For us, we're visual. We like to see stuff blow up. Come on, guys. We, want, we are visual people. And what we see determines how we feel. But for you ladies, what you hear determines how you feel. Now I want to say something. God didn't mess up when he made you that way. God didn't mess up with men giving us a vision. Just that's why we have to protect our vision. But we can't just say, well, since God made us visual creatures, I'm just going to look at whatever I'm going to look at. No, no, no. Because God made you visual, you need to protect what you see. But ladies, because what you hear can have such an effect on you, you have to protect your ears. And watch this. Here is the first mistake that the first wife, Eve, makes. You know what she's doing? She is listening and talking to something she, not, she should not be listening and talking to. Here's, this is the first mistake. She's talking to a snake. Can I just tell you, if you want to be a better wife, stop talking to snakes. Can I just outline today what the voice of the snake is? Because the snake represents the devil, right? The day that the snake, he comes and listen, he's subtle. He's subtle. He's sneaky. I have a new line. Sneaky is creepy. That's my line. When you sneaky, right? We told the guys, I said, don't be shady. But ladies, sneaky is creepy. How have you know some? No, I won't ask that question. But the voice is subtle, is sneaky, right? Now, I want to tell you, here's the end goal of the snake. The end goal of the snake is that you disobey God. That you disobey God. Here's the voice of the snake. Listen, and maybe you, you'll start to outline, ladies. I, I want you to hear. Now, this applies to the guys as well. We, we, we hear some stuff. But the voice of the snake is a voice of doubt. Did, did God really say? Did, did, did God really say did he? Can I tell you the voice of the snake always is lying. It's always lying. The Bible calls the enemy, he's the, father, he's the liar, lies, he's the accuser of the brethren. Can I just tell you this? The voice of the snake is always a voice that speaks fear. It's interesting that when the snake starts to talk to Eve, he starts to plant in her mind. Listen, God doesn't want you to know, be like him and know good from evil. Man, that's so twisted because we were already made in God's image. But let me just speak this to us this morning. It was never God's intention that mankind know evil. I talk to people all the time. Well, there's so much evil in the world. There is. But do you know that God's original plan was never that you and I would know evil? And can I just tell you that he put that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden because he had to give mankind a choice. And today he gives you a choice. I was talking about this with somebody and he's never taking back your free will. 
And with free will comes great good, and with free will comes great evil. Can I just say, not everything that everybody does is God. It's just their choice that they make. And a lot of times in our lives, we're affected by other people's choices, but it's a voice of fear. Now listen, listen to what he's throwing out there. He's basically saying, listen, you, you need to be insecure. You're lacking. God doesn't want to give you everything. This is what he's basically saying. God doesn't want to give you evil. As a matter of fact, remember last week, God took Adam and he also told Eve, look, you can eat of everything. Every tree. The Bible says that the trees were good. I mean, they were good looking trees and they looked good. They looked good to eat. But the enemy, the snake is saying this. He's saying, God is holding out on you, girl. He's leaving you lacking. He doesn't want you to be like him. And so Eve is talking to the snake and she tells the snake what she thinks God said. And we know because she, Eve knows what God said, but it's misinterpreted because she actually says we're not supposed to eat of it. And then she says, she throws in, we're not supposed to touch it. God never said that. But look in Genesis chapter three, verse six, just go to verse six. It says this. And when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for eating and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. I want you to listen to this. God told them not to eat of that tree. And that tree looked the way that it looked when God said not to eat of it. All the trees were beautiful. But here's what I begin to think about. And I think the Lord revealed this to me. And ladies, I want you to hear this. Because when God showed her and Adam all of the trees and the trees of the knowledge of good and evil, Eve didn't go over to eat from it. What changed? What changed is she didn't protect her ears from the snake. And when the snake came, he said some things to her and what she heard determined how she felt and how she saw the fruit. That's the only thing that changed because she didn't guard her ears. She allowed what she heard to form what she felt and now what she saw. So Eve, Eve falls right? And she sins because she listened to the wrong voice, right? But Adam fell because he sees a naked woman with a fruit. She falls because she hears something and eats. Adam falls because he sees this naked woman with a forbidden fruit. Now, some people think it was an apple. Maybe it was a pomegranate, but we as Mexicans, we think it was a mango. Come on, somebody. I don't know what it is and what the forbidden fruit is for you. But it's two ways that the enemy tries to come between couples by men not protecting their eyes and ladies not protecting your ears. But here's the great news about your ear gate. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You need to let faith get into your ear gate. See, Adam is just as guilty in this. He should have stepped on, and I don't understand, and this is probably also what the snake was trying to do, is he was trying to get Eve to live in independent from Adam. And ladies, let me just encourage you. 
Eve did not even consider Adam when she was making this decision. What she heard even overruled what she um, knew to do. And if she would have just considered Adam in that, maybe would have had a different outcome. But you know what? That's the temptation of the enemy with women is to try to get you to, well, you just be independent. You just be, you live apart. You make decisions apart from your husband. Now, let me just tell you, if you want to live an independent life, great. Don't get married. Step away from the curb, right? If you're like, man, I like doing what I want to do. Don't get married. Maybe you're not ready to get married because in marriage, it's about the two becoming one. It's about sacrificing the me for the we. Come on, somebody. That, that's what marriage is all about. But faith comes by hearing and hearing through, by the word of God. And so for us as men, we have to see through the eyes of faith. We have to have the vision, not just look at what things are. But ladies, you need to hear too what faith is. And I'm going to tell you, here's a couple ways that you can identify. Here's a couple things that you can do to the snake. If somebody is speaking and it's not faith and it's doubt, say, I'm not listening to that. Because that's going to affect how I feel. If people are, if you're all around people and negative Nancy, listen, don't be surprised if you're always feeling negative. If you're around people who are constantly doubting God, then don't be surprised that you start doubting God. If you're always hanging out with people who are talking negative about church and this and that, and they're out there, don't be surprised if it cuts off your faith. That's why I, I, I'm really, really strict about this because even as a man, I want to hear faith. I want to be around people that say, Phil, I know how you feel, but you need to have faith. You need to see through the eyes of faith. Come on, because it's faith that pleases God. It's faith that moves God. And I want to ask you, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to, ladies? You don't identify that, that snake. It could be your mother-in-law. It could be, it could be someone in your family. It could be a sister. It could be a close friend. But ladies, we need to guard our ears because I want to tell you this, as a wife, we need women who are full of faith. Yes. Let me say that to this side. We need some ladies who are full of faith. I'm going to be honest with you, ladies. Guys, we don't like negativity. We just don't. We like to hang out with our guys and we talk to each other. <laughs> That's us. We don't want to talk all this negative. We don't like that. We don't like that. So protect your ears. Here's number two, to be a better wife. Evaluate your emotions. Evaluate your emotions. See, as, as men, a lot of times we can be real direct. And I'm learning this as a pastor. I, you know, I've been a youth pastor for 20 years in my life. And thank God that I'm still alive and none of them killed me or anything like that because there was some crazy, crazy times in those youth meetings and God did so many things. But this is my first run of being a lead. I, know, I don't say senior pastor because I'm not over 50, all right? So I'm a lead pastor. And, um, but I'm still learning this, that as guys, we can be very direct. There's a lot of things for me are just black and white. Right? Like <laughs> I can sit in counseling meetings and people are like, well, you know, I'm just continue to have this and do this. And I'm just like, stop it. Counseling's over. Let's go. <laughs> just stop. Like, just stop it. And then my wife said, you, you just can't stop. You got to go into their past. You got to listen. You got to. And I have gone through mentoring and like, don't say anything till you know how they feel. And people, and I get all that. But for me, I can be very closed minded in a lot of ways. Just like, no, this is wrong. This is right. And I don't care how you feel. But you know what? That's why ladies, 
we need you. Because although sometimes we need can, and be, can be direct, your emotions and your heart helps us to see things a different way. Because you have this like sixth sense, like about things. Now, I'm not here telling you to follow your feelings, but I am saying this. God has created you with this internal thing that sometimes you see things that we don't see. Come on, lady, say a good amen. Right? And so this is why I put evaluate your emotions because you can be more emotional than men. And God didn't make that a mistake with you when he created you. Your emotions are what allow you to feel love. Emotions, God created us so we could feel his love, have a sense of his presence. Now, let's just be honest. God gave us emotions so we can experience life or destroy it with our emotions. And how many of you have realized that your emotions can lie to you? The other day I woke up, me and my wife had been working out. I woke up, man, and I felt like I had a six pack and I looked in the mirror and I realized my one pack is still here. But I felt great. I was like, I'm gonna die. I felt like I'm, I'm gonna audition for 300, part two. Come on, who, who, right? Or Black Panther. I don't know why they did that. That was just weird. That was just coming. It was like, they all started going, okay. I just lost like three calories. Okay. But I'm just telling you that your feelings can lie to you. And so we have to evaluate that. And you know what? With our feelings, there's a gentle or gentle discipline that we have to really look into. And ladies, I want to ask you something. You need to ask yourself in scenarios of your life this question, am I overreacting? Am I overreacting? Listen, I can't tell you, and you're gonna see, it's funny, I think the Holy Spirit's so amazing. I piece some of these things together because I have ADD, ADHD, AT&T, Verizon Wireless. I have it all going on in here, all right? And I get pieces at times, and then I try to, my job is to try to piece this together so you can understand it. But once I start laying it out on paper, I start to see how one thing starts to lead to another and God has led me in different pieces on a journey. But I'm amazed at how many times, even in the church world, and maybe you'll relate to this, how many times I've been involved in helping people with miscommunications, right? Because they don't know what they heard, they weren't guarding their ears, but listen, they felt hurt over something they heard that may not even be true. And the sad thing is, is that they're feeling hurt. They may even feel angry, but they don't even know the truth. That's why the Bible says that we have to think on things that are true. And I've been asking myself this a lot before I allow my emotions to go. Is it true? I don't want to go ballistic in my emotions. I said ballistic. That's like 1980s. Love it. So anyway, I went ballistic. And I don't even know if it's true because it was something that I heard and people feel hurt. People feel angry. Why? Because they don't protect their ears. And ladies, when you don't protect your ears, you can feel certain things and you need to evaluate your emotions. And then when it all gets ironed out, you find out it was just a miscommunication. And some of us feel like, man, I felt all of that for what? That's why it's important, right? And so we need to deal with feelings. We need to be dealing with feelings. Your feelings can have, you know, negative feelings can actually have an effect on your physical health. 
on your physical health. Sometimes the sickness is not uh, coming from what you think it is or what you eat and what you're drinking. That, that can be part of it. But you know what? Sometimes the negative emotions are the problem. Negative emotions that you've never dealt with can have symptoms even in your physical body. I'm telling you, this is huge. That's why Jesus said this, ladies. In Luke chapter 10, verse 27, he said, he answered them, you shall love the Lord God, listen, with all your heart, with all your soul. Soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my strength. Now listen, love means honoring. Love means respect. I want to ask you ladies a question. Are you honoring Jesus with your feelings? Do you love, see when I value and honor God, I take his word and I honor that and I have to put his word above my feelings. Because I, listen, I want to worship God, not just with my heart, I wanna worship him and honor him with what I feel because sometimes what I feel is not honoring to God. And this is for us guys too. Are you worshiping Jesus with your emotions as well? It's not just your heart, it's your soul and your mind. Jesus was saying, honor me, ladies, with your emotions. Take your emotions and subject them to the word of God. Can I give you an example? Some people struggle with anxiety. They're going through some things. and man, they're struggling with anxiety. Look at Proverbs chapter three, uh, verse five through seven says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? And lean not to your own understanding. So the Bible also says that we're not supposed to be anxious for nothing. I mean, anxious for nothing, right? We're supposed to be trusting him. And so as we trust him, here I have these feelings of anxiety. <gasps> you know, I don't know how things are going to work out. And people have it, and I, and I understand. But let me just say, anxiety can be an emotion. And so what we have to do is we have to subject those emotions to the word of God and say this. Listen, I am going to trust the Lord with all of my heart, and I'm not just going to lean to what I think. Look, verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Verse seven, do not be wise in your own eyes. Watch this. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Watch. And it will be held to your what? Your flesh. It's going to actually affect your body. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Isn't it interesting that God connects our physical health to what we trust in, what we acknowledge, what we reveal, what we revere and what we worship. I was listening to a worship song the other day. It was so profound, it caught me off guard. But the worship leader said, one of the lines was, I will worship through my fear. See, courage is having fear, but doing it anyway. And see, when we come in here, I know we come in here and we bring all the stuff that's going on in our lives, but there needs to come a time where we tell our emotions, I'm gonna worship through this. I'm gonna keep lifting up my hands and no matter what I feel, no matter anxiety, you know what, God? I am gonna lean on you, I'm gonna trust you, and I'm gonna worship you. Feelings, you need to worship God. But see, some of us live our lives and we allow our feelings to live our lives and we are dictated our lives by our feeling. 
And so if we're not careful, think about it. Each of those things that we just talked about right now, anxiety, the, um, the trust, acknowledging, worshiping him, each of those things are intrinsically tied to our emotional well-being. And by deciding to do them, regardless of how you feel, God will supply health to your body. Somebody told me this, a mentor of mine, they always said this, the right choices lead to the right feelings. Sometimes you don't always feel certain things, but if you'll make the right choice, right choices lead to the right feelings. Well, I don't feel like worshiping. Get up and worship, and when you worship, the feelings will come. But if you're waiting on your emotion and what you feel, you're never going to get there. Love is a commitment. Is this good this morning? Come on, ladies. We need to evaluate our emotions. And one of the ways we do that is by protecting our ears. Number three, we need to find security in the Savior. You know, if you're going to be a better wife, many women struggle with insecurity. And, excuse me, insecurity, I think, can come from a lot of different things. And obviously, the time that we have together, we have a lot and uh, to, uh, time to go through things. But I, I just want to mention a couple of things that can come from comparison, comparing yourself to someone else. And the Bible says don't do that. I want to tell you something, ladies, there's nobody like you. There will never, ever be another you in this world. God has made you an original, but unfortunately, so many people die a cheap copy of someone else. And you need to be careful what you're hearing. And I'm going to be honest with you. As ladies, you're all different, all different body types. You just are. And God made you fearfully and wonderfully made fearfully and wonderfully made he 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 made you and you need to know that we need as, as as ladies you need to find your security in jesus first let him be the man of your life first and you know what you'll be a better wife see how he feels about you know how he feels about you i believe that one of the Biggest reasons ladies are insecure is because they have a wrong concept of what God feels about them, even biblically. Even biblically. Some women don't know that God wants to use them. God doesn't use women. I've heard people say that. And I said, did you ever look through the Bible? There's like, there's books of the Bible with women's names on them. And because somebody takes one scripture, can I just encourage you today? You never make a doctrine on one scripture. You have to find two or three that bear that out. And when Paul said, don't let women talk in church or be quiet in church, when Paul was preaching, the women, while he was preaching, were asking their husbands questions, and Paul was getting a little perturbed because they were interrupting him as he was preaching because they would say, what is that? What, is it? what does it mean? And so Paul's like, okay, ladies, ask your husbands when you get out of church and you can have this discussion. And people took that, and it's like women can't be used of God. But as I look through the scriptures, I see women being greatly used by God. Esther and Ruth, come on, Mary, God chose to put his son into the world and bringing it him, Jesus, by a virgin named Mary. The Bible says the woman at the well, she had six husbands. On the street, we would call her a hoochie mama. I know, I'm getting old school. But how many know the old school taught the new school? Jesus spent 
a little bit of time with her, changed her whole life. The Bible says she, the woman with six husbands, goes back into the town, and the whole town listens to her. And I can just imagine that exchange. She goes back into the city, and she's like, you guys don't understand. I met a man. And they're like, yeah, we know you met a man. But Jesus was the seventh man that she met, that she met, and it changed her life. And the Bible says that many came to see him because of a woman that sat at a well. Come on, somebody. Because God uses ladies. He uses women. And we believe that in our church, man. Women, you're powerful. You're powerful. You can say things in a way, and you have a sensitivity to God. Man, I'm preaching. I'll calm down. No, I don't want to calm down. I want us to understand. I think this scripture, because we don't understand it, women feel insecure. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And then it says, For the husband is the head of the wife. Also, Christ is the, as Christ is the head of the church. Listen to this. As he is the Savior. Everybody say Savior. 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 Now, we talked about this. The verses before say that we're supposed to even submit to each other. What? In the fear of the Lord. So I'm supposed to submit. Is my wife supposed to submit to me? Yes. Am I supposed to submit to my wife? Yes, because she's still a one another even though we got married. Right? And we're supposed to submit to other, another, one another what? In the fear of the Lord. But I want you to notice this, guys. And I want you to notice this, ladies. It says this. She is to submit to Jesus like the church submits to Jesus. Now, what kind of savior is Jesus? He's a sacrificing savior. So for me as a husband, the head only means this, that I go first, that I'm supposed to sacrifice first. Do you know what kind of sacrifice Jesus did for his church? Ladies, can I just tell you what kind of sacrifice that Jesus did for you because he valued you so you could live in security, not live insecurely? Can I tell you that he gave his life and shed his blood for you? That's the sacrificial savior that loves you so much, that found you so valuable that he would give his life for you. So for me as the husband, I am to come and be a sacrificial savior because I so value you as my wife, I sacrifice. And you're gonna find out today that submitting is the greatest form of honor. It's the greatest form of honor. See, I submit to God because of what he did for me. I know some people, and I get it, I, I, I believe it now. Well, we submit to him because he's God. He's God. I understand. But for me to get there first, to acknowledge that, for me, I had to know what he did for me first. I had to know how much of a sinner I was. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't give my son for any of you. I love you, but I wouldn't give my son for any of you. But God gave his only begotten son because he esteemed you and valued you. And you know what I do as the church? Because we are the bride of Christ. Us guys, we submit to him. And what are we doing? We're submitting to his great sacrifice that he did. I was a sinner. Jesus, you, you sacrificed for my sin. I will obey you. I will do because when you look up the word submit there, it actually means respect, honor, honor, honor. Do you know, I read this quote 
this week. It really helped me, and maybe it'll help you, but as a matter of fact, it was a lady who said it. She said, God doesn't call us to work more, to do more, to pray more. He simply calls us to himself. So your praying just shows how much you honor and value that sacrifice. How you live your life just shows how you honor and respect and value the sacrifice that Jesus gave. There will be people that won't go to heaven, not because Jesus sent them to hell. People will go to hell because they didn't honor the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And you know why that is? Because they don't feel that they need to. They don't feel that they are a sinner, so they won't honor the sacrifice. That's really why people don't go to hell, to go to heaven. But for us, when we come to Jesus and we say, what a sacrifice, I'm a sinner. God, save me, forgive me of my sins. I need to be born again. What are we doing? We're honoring the sacrifice. So ladies, I want you to know that you can be secure in Jesus because he didn't just say he loved you. He demonstrated his love for you. Come on, can we give the great savior Jesus a great round of applause this morning? I'm going somewhere this morning because ladies, if you can honor Jesus, honor is respect. I'm gonna give you some keys today. Ladies, the key to a man's heart is honor, is honor. That's the key to a man's heart. Here's number four. Ladies, to be a better wife, honor your husband. Listen, Ephesians chapter five, verse 33 says this, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, right? Again, the husband is supposed to be a picture of Jesus. And then it says this, look, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And can I just encourage you, ladies, the only way you'll ever relate to a son, a father, a brother, a boss, a husband, is to know that his number one need is honor. That's the way just that God created us. And we are to honor, and, and ladies, as, as a wife, you are to honor your husband, watch, as you honor Christ. So we've said that your relationship with Christ is always first. So out of that relationship, I can honor, I can honor you. I can respect you. Pastor Phil, why is this so important? Do you know that honor is so important to God? And the Bible says that Jesus came back to his hometown and when he came back to his own town, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. So what happened is you have Jesus, Jesus who raised the dead, Jesus who healed the sick, Jesus who one day would raise from the dead, but he came back home. And the Bible says he could not do many miracles because they didn't honor him. Because they came familiar with him. They became familiar. Jesus came back in and all his friends, right, from high school, like, hey, man, Jesus is back. Oh, cool. And some of you are like, oh, isn't that the guy that says he's doing miracles now? Oh, come on. That's Joseph's kid. His dad makes furniture. Come on, man. Didn't they open up that store called Jerome's? I don't know. What, I mean, like, come on. That's, that's the carpenter's kid. That ain't Jesus. And because they didn't honor who he was, listen, they got nothing from him. Because you will always attract what you honor. And can you imagine 
the savior of the world comes to town and only a few people get healed. And you know why it was? Because they didn't honor him. You attract what you honor and you always repel what you dishonor. See, some of you wonder why things aren't going well at work. You don't honor your boss and you need to honor. The standard is not how your mother honored your father. That's not the standard. The standard is Christ. And let me just give you a little secret. Honor to a man is like oxygen for us. I mean, it's like oxygen for us. And men will gravitate to the place where they're most honored. But you know what? They will also gravitate away from where they don't get honor. And so in this remaining time that we have together, ladies, I just want to give you four secrets to giving him honor. And then we'll close. Here's number one. If you want to honor your husband, allow him to fail. Allow him to fail. I'm not talking about self-destructive behavior, but I get it. I know you love us and I know you want to protect us, but sometimes that comes off as you trying to be our mother. And I didn't marry my wife to have two moms. I married my wife because I wanted a wife. And I know that that protective instinct comes in, right? But we have to allow guys to make mistakes. Ladies, if he doesn't want to stop and ask for directions, that's okay. Let him get lost. Because we already know where we're going. You think we're lost, but we kind of know where we're going. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? You, 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 you understand that. And if you're ever, and I don't know how you ladies are, but I know how my wife is. And she's very quiet. She's great. But when we get in the car, oh, my gosh, sometimes they're like, you just want to drive? You want to drive? Phil, stop. Okay, okay, we're going over here. Oh, you should have made a left there. I'm like, okay, all right, hey. You know? But let him fail. Hey, ladies, any woman can honor a perfect man. The trick is to honor one that's imperfect. Listen, you don't inspire a man by becoming his enemy. You inspire him by honoring him. You inspire him by honoring him. And ladies, if he doesn't uh, deserve honor, listen, can I just say, that's where you need to start being women of faith. Here's number two. Confront your husband, but let God be the enforcer. Let God be the enforcer. Listen, there's a, we're equals. You're, you're equal in this relationship with your husband. And if you don't say, listen, it's important how you say it. Come on, somebody. It's not always what you say. It's how you say it, right? It, there's a total difference with, I don't agree with this. And, I don't agree with this. Jeez, right? Honey, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're doing what's right here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with this. Listen, and then... Go in your prayer closet, ladies, and just pray, God, sick him. God, you deal with him. God, he's stubborn. God, you take care of this. Because here's what I'll tell you what, what happens. When you do that, God will change your husband. God will change your husband, but it won't drive you away from your husband. And it won't drive your husband away from you. So we need to let God do that. Come on, let God be the enforcer. Is this good this morning? Here's number three. All right, here we go. It's one of my favorites. Honor him where you want him to be, not where he is. Honor him where you want him to do. Listen, ladies, can I just tell you, I'm going to do a little dance to prove my point. Men will do anything for honor. We love it. We love 
honor, right? That's why we watch football. We love, I mean, we love watching football, but at the end, we love to see, right, these guys and these skimpy, weird pants, right, with sweat dripping down them and a trophy and all the confetti. And what is it? It's honor. And we'll sit there. It may not even be our team. It's, it's honor. We'll do anything for honor. And you know, the Bible talks about in Proverbs 31, uh, it talks about this amazing wife. But I was looking at this, and in verse 23, it says this. It talks about her husband. You know, in all of those verses, there's two references to her husband. And in Proverbs 31, verse 23, it says this. Her husband is respected in the city gates. One translation says this. Her husband is an elder. He's, a, he's uh, respected in the city gates where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. So her husband is an elder, and the city gates is like a pretty big deal. Like, that's where all the common was and he was an elder there listen and he was respected but when I read that verse I thought you know what's interesting that verse has more to say about what his wife does and who she is and who she has made him to be by her respect and honor it's almost like he wasn't acting like an elder he wasn't respected but because her his wife honored him where she wanted him to be it made him an elder and respected at the gates come on somebody He rose to the level of her respect for him. Men become in an atmosphere of honor. I can tell you today, one of the reasons that I am who I am today is because of who my wife is. Right? They say every great man has a woman right behind him rolling her eyes. Right? But I can't tell you this. I, I, I wanted to have my wife preach this today, but she's back with the kids and doing the kids ministry. But this is her thing. I don't know how she does it. Because sometimes I'm a, I'm a turd. Can I say turd in church? I'm not going to say the other word, but sometimes I'm a little turd. I'm just being honest with you. And you know what? She, not that she doesn't address my behavior, but she, her honoring me always brings me back to another level. What she says and how she picks me up. And I'm just like, I, I don't know how you do that. Because sometimes, like, have you ever had this? You just want to be upset? Like, you want, you, like, I don't want to be good right now. I don't want to be upset. No, it's all good. No, just let me have my moment. <laughs> and if you're not careful, guys, you'll start defining yourself, and you'll start to define yourself by those things. And you don't want a wife going, yeah, yeah, you are a little turd. <laughs> what are you doing, ladies? You're speaking those things as they are. That's not faith. That's why you need to hear faith because you're going to need to honor him in faith. You're going to need to start speaking those things and treating him and respecting and honor who he is. Now, Pastor Phil, you said all these things about Jesus and Jesus is great, but my husband is not Jesus. I understand, and I'm not Jesus either, but the Bible says I'm not supposed to honor my husband because of where he is. I'm supposed to honor him out of my reverence to God. So I honor him and respect him out of my relationship with God. My relationship with my husband is an overflow out of my relationship. And I'm talking today as a woman. I'm not a woman today, but I'm talking to you as a wife. Your relationship with your husband should be an overflow of your relationship with God. And I wouldn't say this because I said it last week about guys being transparent. Ladies, I said last, last week, guys, be transparent. The first place you need to be transparent in your life 
is with God. Ladies, the first honor and respect that you give is to God and learn how to honor him, learn how to worship him, learn how to bless his name. Now, I'm not talking about worshiping our husbands, but what I am talking about, I'll tell you what my wife does. She blesses me with her words all the time, words of affirmation, words of respect. And you know what it does in me? It's like oxygen. I start feeling like the man that I could be. I start feeling like, man, we could do this. And she's like, I knew you were that all the time. But we need to honor him where you want him to be. Can I ask you a question? What do you see in your husband? Maybe right now it's things aren't where they need to be, but can I ask you, what did you see when you were dating? Come on, you saw something, right? Let me ask that again. You saw something, right? And so what changed? So we have to honor him, speak destiny, speak beyond where he is right now. And here's the last one for today. Are you glad you came to church today? It's a good word. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. It's, it's good stuff. Here's number four and the last one for today. Not only should we allow him to fail, confront your husband, let God be the enforcer, honor him where you want him to be, not where he is. But here's number four. Ladies, to be a better wife, cover his faults and focus on his strengths. You know, I've been injecting little things about love throughout our series. You know what the Bible says about love? Love covers a multitude of sin. It doesn't take spiritual discernment to point out people's problems and people's negatives and where they're at. That's not, it takes faith to believe that somebody can be better than they are. Cover, start focusing on his strengths. Sometimes when I'm doing counseling with people and the woman is going off and I look at the guy and I'm like, oh, I feel sorry for this guy. You know, he doesn't really even come to church and I'm like, now I understand why. This is not the best representation of Jesus over here. I mean, 25 to 30 things that he does wrong and sometimes I'll stop and I'll say, can I just ask you one question? Does the guy do anything right? And she kind of like just looks at me and I would say, he did one thing right, he married you. He did. So we need to be careful what we say. We start calling our, oh, you're so stupid. You know, you never make right decisions. If you keep saying that to him, he's going to look at you and say, you know what? Maybe this was a bad decision. So you know what we need to do? We need to speak life. We need to cover. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's the snake. Ladies, don't listen to the snake, but don't be the snake to your husband. Don't be the accuser. Right? He's the accuser, always accusing. The devil wants us to think about the worst quality in people, about the worst quality in our spouses. But guess what? God wants us to think about their best quality. And the Bible says that a love covers a multitude of sin. Ladies, be covers of your husband. Be covers today. And as we end, would you stand today and let's pray. Because I want to pray today for some ladies and encourage them. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.